0: The Blevins Franks Report, with Rob K of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. Good morning, Rob. I hope you had a good break and you're all back refreshed and invigorated. Absolutely, Howard. I, mean, I, I
1: can't be feeling better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you've had too much time on your hands because you certainly come back for a subject with a bang. Um, Monaco and taxes, which probably sounds to most of our listeners as a perfect example of self-contradiction. So, um, yeah, but before we discuss this uh, interesting subject, which I know very little about, I have to say, what news financial or other caught your
1: eye over the past couple of weeks while you were away? Well, I would uh, just before uh, I was going to say our summer break but it's probably more like my summer break. Um, At its August meeting, the the Bank of England raised UK interest rates by another quarter of 1%, taking the rate to 5.25%, the highest it's been since way back in 2008. This was despite the fact that July's inflation rate had actually fallen from 7.9% in June to 6.8% in July. Now, Here in France, annual inflation is running at 4.3% compared to 4.5% in June. The Bank of England is forecasting inflation in the UK will fall below 5% by the end of this year but not return to the 2% target until the second quarter of 2025. The Governor of the Bank of England, Andrew Bailey, said the bank will keep the base rate sufficiently restrictive for sufficiently long enough to achieve the 2% target. Overall, interest rates seem to be close to their current summit but further increases can't be ruled out. Actually, some UK commentators are predicting they will peak at 5.75, so potentially a further half of 1%. Now, that doesn't sound too scary, but the bank is also forecasting almost no economic growth over the next two years. The warning lights of recession are flashing so brightly, the best course of action could be to slam on the brakes, because doing nothing is sometimes the most difficult option. The evidence is increasing that there is a path that the bank should now be following. An interesting report was also recently published which highlighted the fact that the global gap between the rich and poor has actually shrunk. Over the past few decades, the world has been experiencing a greater convergence as emerging economies have started to catch up with the living standards of the rich world. Global inequality rose during the 19th and 20th centuries as industrial nations pulled ahead. However, this century has seen a stunning decrease. Globalisation has lifted hundreds of millions out of poverty, and the report concluded the world is now more equal than at any point since 1875. Now, it's a distant memory for many of us, but the UK's July by-election results seem to have confirmed that in many people's minds, the expectation is that Labour will be returned to power, at the next general election after fourteen years as the UK's opposition party. The swing to Labour in one of those by elections was twenty four percent. That's twice what Labour need to achieve to win a majority at the next election. The bookies are now predicting Labour has a sixty five percent chance of an overall majority and an eighty five percent percent chance that it will be the biggest party. The Tories don't have a plausible coalition partner, so it's easy to see why most people are expecting a Labour win. The next general election must happen before the 28th of January 2025. So for those of us who still have UK assets, we need to look forward and consider what that might mean for us. We all now know that moving to Europe is now, is now a lot more complicated following Brexit, but the additional hurdles haven't stopped the migration. It's been recently announced that last year, forty-three thousand five hundred first-time EU residency permits were issued to British citizens, and the vast majority, over thirty-five thousand, were long-term permits. Spain issued the most, with just over t- just over ten thousand, but second on the list was was France, with eight thousand, which was the most popular destination for employment and education migration. Surprisingly. France was only fourth in the EU's retirement destination preference. Now, finally, Howard, I was really pleased to hear King Charles has rearranged his visit to France and it will take place in the next few weeks, but I was especially pleased to hear the International Airport of Le Touquet-Paris-Plage is changing its name to the Elizabeth II International Airport of Le Touquet-Paris-Plage, after King Charles gave the proposal official confirmation. In 2001, Speak Airport in Liverpool changed its name to the John Lennon Airport, and in 2006, Belfast City Airport changed its name to the George Best Belfast City Airport. So it seems fitting that Latouquet want to do something similar to Mark the Queen and the British Royal Family's connection to France. Quite right too, quite right too.
0: So, Rob, well, as I say in my introduction, Monaco and taxes, is that not an oxymoron?
1: Well, for many of the listeners, it probably does sound like an oxymoron, Howard. Um, As most people know, the the Principality of Monaco, Monaco is an independent sovereign state. It's not a member of the European Union, so it's not directly subject to European directives or regulations. Monaco is therefore able to legislate internally on various regulatory matters, which include all matters of direct taxation. In consequence, Monaco has chosen not to adopt any income tax, wealth tax or capital gains tax legislation. Gifts tax and succession tax is due by Monaco residents on Monaco-based assets at rates up to 16%, but disposals to directors and spouses are taxed at 0%. Monaco's principal tax revenue comes from VAT, TVA, to for many of our listeners, which is applied in accordance with the French rules. It also applies a form of corporation tax to the profits of commercial or industrial businesses conducted from Monaco at a fixed rate of 33 and a third percent.
0: I don't believe we've ever discussed Monaco and taxes during these broadcasts. so has something changed recently?
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in the world of tax, things regularly change, and if they don't change, they continually evolve. This is why none of us should ever be complacent and think we know the rules without checking them to make sure something hasn't changed or evolved. Over the years, Monaco has signed various double tax treaties. Probably the most notable ones are with France and Luxembourg, but there are others with countries such as Qatar, the Seychelles and Mauritius. There is a much longer list of countries who Monaco has signed a tax information exchange agreement with. And to illustrate just how frequently things change, Monaco has signed numerous tax information exchange agreements with the OECD, the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development. Now, the OECD's mission is to promote policies that improve the economic and social well-being of people around the world, which is a direct reflection of Prince Albert's desire to make Monaco a place of excellence and integrity concerning financial matters. What has changed recently... Well, to be more precise, what was ratified recently is Monaco has entered into a double-tax treaty with Malta. The provisional agreement was signed way back in 2018, and technically it came into force in May 2019, but it has now been ratified. Does this have a special significance for our listeners? Um, For any of the listeners who do business between Monaco and Malta, this is an important development, because Malta will no longer withhold tax when making payments to Monaco residents. This is especially important for for Monaco residents who have transferred their UK pensions to Malta-based QROPs or those who have established Malta-based QNOPs. Malta-based pension companies will no longer withhold tax at source, which will mean their income payments should increase by 33%, simply because Malta will no longer be withholding tax. Now, before my pocket starts vibrating with people rushing to transfer their pensions, we need to remember... Monaco is outside the EU, so if you have a UK pension and you live in Monaco, transferring your UK pension to Malta will mean you'll run into the UK's overseas transfer tax charge. But for some people, the overseas transfer charge is not a deal-breaker because financially it might be cheaper to pay that rather than paying UK income tax, or especially now Malta won't be withholding tax at source. Earlier you said Monaco
0: residents don't pay Monaco succession tax. What about UK inheritance
1: tax? Um, They don't pay succession tax if their assets pass to their spouse or to their children, Howard. If the beneficiary is someone else, they they will have to pay that 16% tax charge I, I mentioned. But if they have UK assets, those UK assets are also liable to UK inheritance tax. And despite what lots of people seem to think, UK inheritance tax is not restricted to UK property. It's charged against all UK-situated assets, including, in certain circumstances, UK private pensions, which is why quite a few listeners have chosen to move their UK pensions out of the UK. In the UK, inheritance tax is paid by the estate of the deceased before the beneficiaries can get their hands on their inheritance. There is an allowance, which means no tax is paid on the first 000, but after that any excess is hit with a 40% tax charge. We shouldn't forget, this allowance has been frozen at the current level since way back in 2009. In 2015, the residence nil rate band, more commonly known as the main residence band, was introduced. This is an additional allowance that can be received in addition to the inheritance tax allowance. But it's only applicable, as the name suggests, if you pass on a main residence to your children. So if you're living in Monaco your main residence can't be in the UK. So this this additional allowance doesn't exist, it vanishes. The politics behind UK income tax in in fact any estate taxes are are always controversial. The idea is without it you you perpetuate the inheritance tax wealth so the children of the rich stay rich. Inheritance tax redistributes income, so some of the money goes to the state to be distributed for the benefit of all. The argument against that is when money is earned, tax is paid at the same time, so tax paid on it isn't taxing it again, isn't fair. After years of rocketing property prices in the UK, more and more people are being caught by inheritance tax, and those numbers will continue to grow despite the fact that just at the moment UK prices or property prices seem to be reducing. And that's because inheritance tax, the inheritance tax threshold, is frozen until April 2028. Whatever your political views, inheritance tax is a financial fact, which can cost your nearest and dearest hundreds of thousands when you die. More than £7 billion of inheritance tax was handed over to HMRC in the last year alone.
0: Two similar rules apply to French assets, and does French succession law apply?
1: Yeah, Lots of foreign nationals who are Monaco residents have properties in the Alpemarie and in the VAR. But in my experience, not that many have other French assets beyond maybe having a French bank account, which is also not really required because French expenses can be serviced by or from a Monaco account. Unless Monaco residents have made specific arrangements... When they die, the value of their French property will be liable to French succession tax. I suppose the easiest way to think about property, and where its its tax liability sits, is where are its foundations. Obviously, a French property has its foundations sunk into French soil. So as regular listeners will know, when you die, the property will be subject to French succession tax, which is driven by French succession law. Now, unless we make specific arrangements, French succession law applies. The law dictates who the property passes to and therefore what succession tax is paid. If a tontine clause was inserted into the compromis de vente, the deceased's share can pass to the spouse. But when he or she dies, more succession tax than needs to will probably be paid. If it's your kid to inherit, their tax liability starts at 5% and it can rise to as much as 45%. If siblings inherit, they can pay up to 45%. And as happened to a new client recently, if there is no blood relationship, the tax bill can be as much as 60%. And that applies to stepchildren if you've not adopted them. There are things that can be done to mitigate the eventual tax bill, but the potential scenarios need to be considered when you buy, or the French taxman could be the biggest recipient when you die. As lots of Monaco residents have
0: properties in France... What is
1: the situation with capital gains tax? Uh, like most countries, France will potentially seek to apply capital gains tax when the French asset, or any French asset, is sold. I say potentially because the giveaway is in the name. Taxes applied to the gains that you make. The French taxman, like most tax authorities, doesn't tax your original capital when you sell. Now, that's mainly because it's been taxed while you've owned the property through tax d'habitation or tax foncier. We shouldn't forget a Monaco resident or a Monaco resident's French property is the Maison Secondaire, so tax debitation will still be payable. In comparison to lots of other countries, France has quite amenable tax ga- tax, uh, capital gains tax rules. After you've owned a French Maison Secondaire for more than five years, France then starts to apply a discount and you only pay tax and social charges on a reducing percentage of the gain that you realise. From a tax perspective... After 22 years, all your tax liabilities will have tapered away and after 30 years, there will be no social charge liabilities. If you do sell, while there's a tax and social charge liability, the tax rate will be a flat 19% and the social charge is 17.2%. Potentially, the tax charge can be slightly higher because depending on how much profit you realise, France applies a surtax which increases the tax charge potentially by a further 6%, taking the maximum rate from 19
0: to 25%. So vice versa, do Monaco residents potentially have a liability to wealth tax if they own a French property?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, France taxes foreign owners just as it, just as it does its own residents when it comes to impossible Fortune Immobilia, EFE. And of course, because the property isn't our main residence, the 30% main residence home apartment doesn't apply. The nil rate band is, is 1.3 million euros, so above that value, wealth tax is payable in bands, starting at 0.5% and gradually increasing up to 1.5%, dependent on the value of the property. Your requirement is to declare the market value of your property as at the 1st of January. But as one person I spoke to this week had discovered, if you underdeclare or you just don't make a declaration, the chicken will the chickens will come home to roost eventually when you sell the property because the sale will uncover the property's true value and back taxes will then be payable as well as potential fines and penalties. Which was why the lady I spoke to this week actually called me. Underdeclaring or not declaring property value is an issue that is particularly high on the first to-do list at the moment. It isn't an old wives' tale that the taxman is using helicopters to see what's behind those high boundary walls and the FISC are also not adverse to paying neighbours when they tip the taxman off about their neighbours' property developments which have increased the property values. Monaco registered cars are currently a particular magnet for French tax officials and they become even more in- enticing when those cars are parked on the driveways of properties way down in Navarre and even further afield in deepest darkest Provence.
0: So, moving to Monaco and having to consider tax isn't an oxymoron.
1: (laughs) Um, Much is made and written about Monaco and taxes, Howard, and we certainly can't ignore the fact that Monaco residents enjoy, let's call it, preferential local tax treatment, but there are many other aspects that need to be considered. As you would expect, a regular topic for discussion with numerous clients is, financially, would we be better off moving to Monaco? And I must tell you, more frequently than you would probably expect, the answer is no, you won't pay Monaco income tax, but overall, you won't be any better off financially. If you want to buy a one-bedroom apartment in Monaco, it can cost you a couple of million euros, whereas the same apartment in Monton, Beausoleil or Cap Capdai will cost you a fraction of the cost. If you choose to rent, rental costs in Monaco are at least four times what you would pay just a short distance outside. There are also... Always unintended or unexpected costs. An important issue for many of our older listeners is healthcare. I will never forget speaking to a couple quite a few years ago now. The gentleman had been something of a regular on British TV in the 70s and 80s when he and his wife moved to Monaco. But over the years, as their rental income costs gradually increased, they gradually moved further and further down the building they were occupying. After initially renting an apartment on the upper floor, with a great view. By the time I came to meet them, they'd actually moved down to the ground floor with a view of the car park entrance. We discussed their situation, what they wanted, and most importantly to them, what their priorities were. And that couple moved a couple of kilometres into France and found a lifestyle that suited them, and financially, they were actually much better off. We should never forget, Howard, when we moved to a different country, whether that's to Monaco or France or any other country, that move needs to be planned, and our finances before, during and after the move need to be carefully considered and blended into that overall plan. Now, if you'd like to discuss your financial arrangements and make sure they're good, a good fit for where you're living and maybe more importantly, how you want to live, speak to one of our Blevins Franks partners. An initial meeting is, is always complimentary, so to arrange a discussion, call our central telephone number which is zero four nine three zero zero one seven eight zero. That's zero four nine three zero zero one seven eight zero, And if our Monaco office is more convenient for you, you can contact our Monaco office. And the number here in Monaco is 97775574. That's 97775574. And if you would like to know more about Blevins Franks or you prefer to make contact via the internet, you can always visit our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com.
0: Thank you, Rob. I particularly like when you have one of those stories that you can tell about people, you know. It brings (laughs) real life into the conversation.
1: Yeah, and they happen every week, so maybe I should make sure that in future weeks I'm I'm relating a a story that had happened in the last few days. I'll keep that in mind, Howard.
0: You have an interesting life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Howard. Have a great week. I'll speak to you next week.
0: Thank you. Cheers, bye. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493 001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com.
1: Focusing on the big picture. At Blevins Franks, our financial advisors take a holistic approach. We get to know our clients, your family situation and objectives, and our integrated advice covers tax and estate planning, savings and investments, and pensions. We aim to consolidate many of your assets, keeping things simple for you and your family and heirs. Get in touch with your local Blevins Franks advisors today. Visit blevinsfranks.com. That's blevinsfranks.com.